episode 148. This podcast episode is brought to you by my ebook, The Ultimate Guide to Getting Relationship Ready for Single Mothers. This ultimate guide on how to get relationship ready for single mothers includes all the guidance you need to get yourself in the right headspace to find love. And for a limited time, when you purchase the ebook for $10, well, it's $9.99, you will get a free audio version with added extras so you can listen on the go. I'll put the link in the show notes if you want to check it out. Hi, welcome to my mum's show. <laughs> Hello and welcome to this episode of the Single Mother Survival Guide podcast. My name is Julia Husher and I want to wish you a very warm welcome to the show. If this is your first time listening, welcome and sorry about the voice. (laughs) I don't always sound like this. I've been a little bit sick for a few weeks now, but I'm finally getting on top of it slowly. And if you are a regular listener, well then welcome back. I'm so thrilled that you're joining me again this week. So before we get into this week's episode, I just want to let you know that I am running another podcasting workshop here in Sydney, which is where I live. If you are a regular listener, you will know that I have a second business called The Blog Pod Squad, and I run workshops to teach people how to podcast and how to blog. So the next podcasting workshop is coming up at the end of June, 25th and 26th of June in Alexandria in Sydney. If you are interested in starting a podcast and you want to come along, I would absolutely love to have you or if you know anyone who wants to start a podcast please get them to contact me and I can send you the link to register for that two-day workshop it's going to be amazing I'm so excited they've been absolutely phenomenal I've met the most beautiful people who have done this workshop and it's been very very exciting to see their podcasts kind of hit the ground so every week I've been doing a sort of listener shout out And today's listener shout out is from Kenyan mum in Kenya. Amazing. She wrote, this podcast has been therapeutic for me. It's made me from anger and resentment to positivity and a strong will to make my single motherhood journey an impactful one. Thank you for the well thought out topics and the relatable guests. I may be halfway around the world and from a very different social cultural background, but I'm amazed at how similar the issues are. I mean, wow, can I just say bloody amen to that because it's so true. It doesn't matter where we are. That's why I love this platform that is podcasting because it gives me the opportunity to connect with so many of you from all around the world. And at the end of the day, yeah, you know, our lives might be different in in some ways, but as single parents, we have a lot of the same issues, you know, a lot of the same issues. And we really are all in this together. And, you know, that's why I love it. I love being able to be in this situation where we can connect with each other and we can support each other. And it's just fantastic. So Kenyan mum, thank you so much for that beautiful review on Apple Podcasts. And if you've been listening to this podcast and you haven't left a review yet, I would be absolutely delighted if you could leave one. Now, the reason why this is so good is that it makes this podcast easier for new single mums to find. So if you do have a few spare seconds, just by tapping the stars, you can rate it. And if you do have even a minute, you could quickly write a review. That would be incredible. Thank you so much. Okay, it's time to get into this week's episode. It's a solo episode. Let's get into it. 
Okay, so a little while ago on Instagram, I did a kind of a questionnaire and it was a few weeks ago, actually. Was, I think it was right before I got sick, actually, because I remember where I was. And <laughs> anyway, you know how you have those weird connections. So I did this questionnaire and I had all these questions. I really wanted to ask, um, you know, my audience on Instagram to help me out with what kind of topics they wanted to hear about and what, you know, what other content I could deliver. And I've been working through all those responses and I'm trying to kind of formulate some episodes that are kind of based on some similar themes. Today, I've grabbed three questions that are all relating to a very similar theme. And I thought I'd go over them because I haven't talked about it in a while. And I thought, you know what? Hey, why not now? Because this is something that I'm thinking about doing too. And the topic is that of dating. Yeah. Okay. So the first kind of question that somebody or topic, I guess, that somebody said they wanted to hear about was, well, it was a question. She said, after being separated or divorced, is it necessary to get in a relationship? Well, my answer to that is, fuck no. You do you. You know, like you don't have to do anything. There is zero requirement. You do not have to do anything. It's not necessary to do anything. You know, I think so much of our lives, we think that we need to do things because of expectations, maybe from other people. You know, sometimes we get a lot of pressure from our family or our friends, you know, to move on. And as soon as you find a partner, you'll be happy kind of thing. Like actually... No, you know, we can actually be fine, just perfectly happy on our own. Thank you. And people generally do it because they mean well and they they think there's this kind of misconception that, oh, you can't, you can only really be happy if you're with a partner. I don't agree with that. I think you do you, you do what you want. It's your life. Like this is the thing now. You're single and this is your opportunity to live your life how you want to live it. And I actually think, I don't know how long this person has been separated or or divorced or, you know, if it's just a more of a generalized question, but I think from my experience, what I've seen is that a lot of women, I guess, when they do separate or get divorced, they tend to fall into one of two categories. The first group tend to look for a new relationship fairly quickly. It can often be a sort of a band-aid solution. Sorry, I hate to say it, but it can be. Not always, but it can be a kind of a quick fix kind of thing. And unfortunately, I've seen a lot of those relationships not work out either. You know, so I think that there's a time and a place, a time, not really a place. (laughs) There's just a time, you know, so I think um, there's a right time. So, so some people tend to look for a relationship quite quickly and the other group are really scared and they tend to hold themselves back and they're afraid, you know, they're afraid of getting into a new relationship. They don't want to get hurt again. They don't want it to end again. You know, so there's, that's what I've kind of seen. I'm not saying everybody falls into one of those two categories, but I'm saying that's the kind of a pattern that I have seen from my experience. There's of course a group that, and honestly, I think this is kind of, it's not the only way to be, but I think it can be the most beneficial is if you go, okay, we've split up, 
but I've split up from, you know, my partner or my husband or wife, whatever. Now I'm going to have some time to just focus on me. And I actually think the best growth can happen when you use that opportunity to really invest in yourself and your own personal development and your own personal growth. I don't think personally that you can have the same level of personal growth and development when you're in a relationship. You know, there's so many lessons to learn. There's a whole empowerment. Like you don't have the opportunity to get empowered when you're suddenly in a relationship because you've got this person to help you out with everything. You've got this person to help you on your, you know, dark days and to kind of get you out of it and stuff. When you go through that stuff and you figure out a solution on your own, like that's, I think that is when some real positive change and growth can occur because you're like, fuck yeah, I did that. And it's really empowering. So no, I don't think you have to do anything. And I think it's great actually, if you don't, if you're single for a while, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. At the end of the day, I do believe that we are kind of genetically kind of evolved to be with a partner. You know, I, I kind of think that. I think that being in a partnership can have some really great positive impacts for us and some really great benefits for us. As I said, I don't think it means you have to be in a partnership straight away and I don't encourage that actually. But I do think longer term, I think it can be really healthy for us to be in a relationship provided, obviously, that it is a healthy relationship. Okay, the next kind of question that I wanted to answer was this girl wrote, is it even worth dating Julia? It all just seems too hard. (sighs) I hear you. (laughs) I really do. I think dating mindset is very important. So when you ask yourself, it all just seems too hard. What is it that's hard? I would start by asking yourself that. Are you scared? Are you worried about getting hurt? The other thing that I would say is like, it's time to kind of challenge those thoughts and fears. So we can actually kind of choose the way that we think. It's easy to have these kind of negative automatic thought processes, but we can stop them in their tracks, you know? So instead of kind of saying to yourself, dating is hard, you could say, I am choosing to view dating as difficult, or I am choosing to be scared of dating because, you know, because really it is uh, a choice. Think about all the benefits that you can have that come out of a relationship too. You know, like it's one of those things, it's, I've said it before, I say it to my clients all the time, you know, I'm sure they're bloody sick of it, but what we focus on becomes our reality. If we tell ourselves that we're scared and that it's too hard, we will be scared and it will be too hard. But if we tell ourselves that, you know, it's tough, but we're going to give it a bloody good shot or we're going to give it a go despite the, the fact that there are challenges, but this is what it is and we're going to work out a plan, then, you know, it just instantly becomes a little bit easier. I would start questioning your thoughts, as I said, your fears, your concerns. For example, is it the fact that babysitting is an issue? You know, you're thinking, oh, every time I go out, I have to find a babysitter. It's so hard. And, you know, my son, Ben or whatever, he doesn't even like babysitters. And so maybe you can start kind of tackling your fears or your thoughts or your concerns as well. So for instance, if it's guilt about leaving your child for a babysitter, writing it down, then asking yourself, what assumptions are you making? 
Why are you feeling guilty? You're assuming that leaving your child with a babysitter is a bad thing, that you're failing as a parent, that the babysitter can't cook dinner as well as you, that the babysitter can't put them to bed as good as you can. And then you address the situation. So maybe you have comebacks to all these things like, yeah, okay, maybe the babysitter won't make dinner as nice as my dinner, but that's okay. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Everything will be fine. It's just one night. Or maybe my child won't like the dinner. And you know what? That's not such a bad thing because my child has to learn that it can't just have what it wants all the time. There's always going to be situations where they go to someone's house or they go to a restaurant and they may not necessarily like the dinner. So they have to practice how they will respond to that sort of situation. And, or maybe, you know, it's actually, you know, my child loves having a babysitter. They love spending time with that person. And then ask yourself, what does your future look like if you don't put yourself out there too? Is there anything that you're losing out on? You know, and maybe you're not. Maybe your future looks absolutely fine without anyone in it, which is okay too. But I do think it is, I guess, being mindful of your dating mindset and why you're having certain thoughts. Because if you do find yourself thinking kind of negatively about it, it could just be an unhealthy way of thinking and you've got yourself in this sort of bad pattern rather than actual reality. You know, maybe it's not actually too hard. Maybe that's just the story that you're telling yourself. So I think it's just important to distinguish the differences. So I'm probably rambling a little bit, but I guess to summarize what I would do and kind of what I have done, because I've had that exact same thought process myself. And what I would do is write down exactly what it is that makes it too hard, right? So for me, it is, there's not a lot of time. I don't always have someone I can ask to babysit and then you have to get a babysitter and that's expensive and so on. And, you know, I'm not sure that I actually want a relationship at this point in time. You know, those are my three kind of things. So when I kind of break it down further, I guess I go, okay, well, I don't have a lot of time, but if I don't prioritize it for a little while, then I'm never going to know, right? Like, and that kind of answers my third point too. Like, Maybe it isn't for me. Maybe I won't meet someone great, but maybe I will. You know, maybe I'll meet the love of my life and I'm never going to know if I don't actively put myself out there. So I think it's worth the, the trouble, I guess. You know what I mean? Like it is a pain in the neck organizing stuff sometimes, but, you know, you just kind of suck it up. So with not having someone to help out all the time, maybe it's um, getting a babysitter once a month. Maybe it's having a swap with a friend. Maybe it's asking your parents to really help support you on this dating journey. You know, whatever it is, I just, here I go again with Marie Folio, but everything is figure outable. It really is. So where there's a will, there's a way, right? So I think that's what it comes down to for me. But as I said, like, and you know, with the initial question as well, maybe you're not ready and there's absolutely no rush. That's totally fine. And it's really good to recognize if you are not ready. We don't want to rush into anything. We don't want to rush into a relationship. We don't want to just date because of pressure that we have from other people. But we also want to allow ourselves to get into a relationship despite our fears because we deserve it, you know. But I think as well, like when you feel really whole within yourself, when you've worked through really looking at your mindset and being a little bit more positive, most importantly, when you're really happy with who you are and when you have a very good sense of who you are and what you want and a really healthy level of self-love and knowing that you can be happy on your own, 
I think that's a good place to be when you want to find a relationship because a relationship should be like icing on the cake, the icing on your already amazing life, not like the solution to all your problems. So yeah, I guess ask yourself if you're ready. And if you're not, that is fine. And if you are ready, I say, go get it, girlfriend, give it a go. What have you got to lose? apart from, you know, some time and some money, you know, but like at the end of the day, what, what have you got to gain, you know, and that's, I think could be a bit stronger, but I think as well, like one thing that you should do because it is hard and we are very, and I was actually talking to a friend about this at lunch yesterday, we were chatting about it and he's got an engineering background as well. And he was saying, you know, and he's actually also a single parent. And he was saying like, you and I, we're engineers. We, we look at dating in like a very kind of uh, calculated way, you know, strategic, I think is the word he used. Like we're very strategic about it. As in, we're not going to go on a date with someone that we already know, maybe based on what they've written in their profile or having a conversation on the phone that if we know that they're not a good match for us or maybe trying to tie in a couple of dates on one day when we have when we don't when we don't have our kids you know or just trying to I think being strategic about it is important as well making sure that you're connecting with the right people and with the people that want the same things a lot of people kind of date people but they never ask the other person what they are wanting out of a relationship this is really important because why the hell do you want to waste your time dating someone that is just after a one night stand like fuck that unless you want a one night stand then go for it but like if you want a relationship then you know you want to be strategic about it and really only go on dates with people that are also looking for a relationship do you know what I mean so I think it's about making the most out of your time so for me for instance like you know maybe it's too forward but I will always say if I'm going online dating I will ask what that person is looking for because and if they don't know I probably won't go on a date, to be honest, because I don't know, does not mean they want a relationship. You know, I want to, I want to go on dates with people who are actively looking to have a relationship because that means they're in the same headspace as me. Okay. The last kind of thing I wanted to address is also obviously related to dating, but also related to what we're talking about, which is what are your thoughts on how to find a date away from online apps? And I'm so glad this person asked this because this is exactly where I'm at right now. So I am personally not a fan of online dating. So I don't know if I've really talked about it that much, but I think it's great for a lot of people and it really works for a lot of people. I think especially single moms, it can be really good because we don't have a lot of time to get ourselves out there. You know, in this way, it's very easy to, I guess, connect with some people and figure out who you want to go on a date with. You can ask them beforehand, like I was saying, what do they want out of a relationship or what do they want out of, why are they on Tinder or Bumble or the latest, you know, hot thing I think is supposed to be Hinge, you know, so you can ask those questions and it's completely fine. And I guess it's a little bit sometimes more unnatural asking those things of people that you just meet in your life. So, but having said that, I don't like online dating because of the mindset that it puts people in, me included. And that is very much just like swipe, swipe, swipe. So, I was talking about this as well with my friend that I was talking about before. Every single person really that he knows and that I know that does online dating, it's very much like thank you next kind of thing. 
You know, like you're always looking for something better. Sure, you might meet someone great. You might go on some dates. You might have some fun. You might have sex with them, you know, whatever. Like you might be like, oh, he's really nice or she's really nice. We're having a great time. I'm really enjoying getting to know them. And then maybe they go cold or maybe you go cold because you're like, "Mm, maybe there's something better out there, you know, and they think that too. That's natural. That's the kind of headspace that online dating puts you in because there's always quick access. So I don't know if it's for me. I'm not really that into it. I don't spend a lot of time on online apps for that reason. I think as well, it comes back to the strategy situation. Like online dating can be very time consuming. You could sit there for hours swiping, messaging people that you barely know. You know, I was having this one conversation with this guy. He was, he was writing me messages like several times a day. I was like, mate, too much. I know this probably sounds rough, but I don't want to dedicate this much time to someone that I haven't even met in person yet. Let's not do all this chatting until we've actually met because we might not even like each other. You know, so I think it is about valuing your time and where you put your energy and your resources. So for me, for instance, what I'm doing now, because I do want to find a date away from online apps. So how I'm doing this personally is working out more of a strategy on where I can find them. And, you know, part of my struggle, I guess, and if you follow me on Instagram, you probably know that I've signed up to a co-working space. And the reason why I joined up was because I was like, I'm so isolated in my life. I'm a single mom, so I don't have a lot of interaction in my day-to-day life. You know, I have a lot of friends and great family, but I'm not around people all the time, you know, and I work at home, you know, so I'm not even in a situation where I'm really mingling with people. And school, you know, it's not really a pickup joint. So my thinking was, right, where can I meet people? So the first thing I did was I decided that I should find a co-working place. You know, I thought this is great. I'm going to meet some like-minded people. There's going to be a lot of males there. And you never know, I might become friends with someone. They might connect me to their friend, or maybe I'll, you know, find some nice, meet a nice man there as well. You know, who knows? So that was one thing I did. But the other thing I decided was I'm going to go to more charity events. You know, I've met great people at charity events. I used to go to them quite a lot. There's always single people there. It's always a good cause. So you're meeting people who, you know, care about helping people. And, um, you know, it's always a really great event. So I thought I'm going to go to some charity events with my friends. And you just never know who you're going to meet. And my third thing was I haven't done it in a while but speed dating. I've been researching and I've found some really good ones that aren't the traditional kind of sit down, have a two minute conversation, move on. It's more like just everyone's at this bar, but everyone knows that everyone's single. And the final thing was, you guys know, if you're a regular listener that I do my mining work as well, like I want to go to more networking mining events. They are predominantly male focused and most of my networking or business related events that I go to, predominantly female, it's women supporting women. So, you know, I'm in this situation where I do have a mining engineering background. I want to go to some mining events. So I looked at one the other day and I was like, oh, I can go to this one. It's coming up in Sydney. It's this month, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I'm going to go to that. For me, I want to commit to one or two things a month that I can go to that puts me in a situation where I can meet men. It is hard if you have your child all the time or most of the time, like I do. It's really difficult because, you know, having the odd week 
away from my daughter a few times a year does not really give you the opportunity to build up momentum in a relationship or anything like that. And also when I fly to Perth, it's not like I want to find a boyfriend in Perth, you know, so it's not exactly that helpful. So if you are like me, you need to be really proactive about it. So you need to figure out how you can do it. So those are my three things that I'm doing. I'm doing speed dating events. I'm doing or singles events, I should say. I'm doing charity events and I'm doing male-ish networking events, you know, and that's kind of my plan. I'll let you know how it goes. Maybe you're into fitness. You could do running events. Um, You could do some kind of activity. You could do a cooking class. You could do a dancing class. I don't know. I guess any kind of activity is good where you put the focus on an actual activity kind of, I guess, if that makes sense. It's like not the focus is on you. So yeah, I think that helps as well. Anyway, that's my advice on that. I hope that's covered those three things. I'm really excited to address all these things that came up recently. So thank you so much for submitting those kind of topics to me and I've absolutely loved discussing them. If you want to get in touch with me, you can email me at julia at singlemothersurvivalguide.com. If you want to connect with me on Instagram or Facebook, you'll find me at Single Mother Survival Guide. Don't forget to let me know if you're thinking about a podcast, starting a podcast, or you know anyone who wants to start a podcast and you're in Sydney. I'd absolutely love to help you achieve that goal because it is just so much fun. I absolutely love doing my podcast. And as I mentioned at the start, if you have enjoyed this podcast, I would absolutely love for you to rate this podcast in iTunes or on whatever platform you listen. And if you have a few minutes, even writing a review would be absolutely amazing and help single mums find this podcast. One more thing, if you're a single mum and you want to come on my show, please get in touch with me. I'd absolutely love to have you. If you're a business or an author, I do have an application process because you can imagine I get a shitload of inquiries about that. So I do have an application process for that because I really want to make sure I have the best guests for you. But if you're a single mum and you want to share your story with my audience, I would so love to have you. So please get in touch with me and let's chat. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day or evening, depending on where you are and when you're listening. And I look forward to speaking with you again next week. Okay. Bye for now.